Good morning. Green light means go. <laughs> That's what I was taught. Well, good morning. Tommy, you did a great job. Thank you. And the worship team. Wonderful, really. It was all the boys, so I was thinking the boys are back in town. All the four guys. All the four boys. Is that better? Thank you. Thank you. Just got a gentle direction from Noah, which is great. And uh, thanks, Noah. But really, I appreciate it. Thank you. One of the most difficult things to do, trust me, is to facilitate a meeting. Because there's no handbook on it. It just comes as you learn. So, yeah, well done, Tommy. Good morning to everybody and online. It's a privilege to be here. I feel like I'm a visitor in my own church. This is, I haven't been here for five weeks, so um, it's good to be back. It really is good to be back. It's always a privilege to come back. We were, Michelle and I, Michelle joined me after a week I'd been there. We've been up in Canada, in British Columbia. I was there for three weeks. Uh, we ministered like 25 times in three weeks, so it was a lot of work, but it was wonderful. Uh, it was just good to see what God is doing. But one of the things we noticed is British Columbia, they had very severe COVID restrictions. They were not allowed to meet as a church for up to a year. And then they were only allowed to meet in groups of 50 for a while. But in all the time, they had to wear masks. It was mandated. And so even the Sunday I was there, they still had to wear masks. And I noticed in all this, because I hadn't been there for two or three years, that the impact that it had had on God's people was fairly significant in terms of when you've got something over your mouth and you can't declare and you can't shout out aloud and you can't voice what's inside you in a way that we're called to, it can cause people to take a step back. Not lose your focus on the Lord or your faith in the Lord, but it causes, and that's what I felt, like people had taken a bit of a step back. So um, <clears throat> it was a privilege to be there and to see what God began to do and just to turn people around and begin to revitalize them and bring some fresh hope and fresh love <clears throat> and fresh faith. And it was, was really, it was really wonderful. And I want to thank many of you who prayed for us and we got some words from you. They were significant. So I just want to thank you for that. And then uh, we got back. My wife got sick just before we had to travel back. She was very sick, actually. Very, very sick. The last Sunday and Saturday night, Sunday, she was in bed. So she couldn't even come and join me with me, and she was very sick. And then she passed it on to me. And so when I got back, I got very sick for three or four days and whatever the case is. So it's freely you've received, freely give. That's what she felt. So, <clears throat> But it wasn't COVID. It was something else. It was just, yeah, whatever it was. But I am alive. Hallelujah. So this morning, what I want to talk a little bit about is around the kingdom of God. Now, due to the fact uh, I didn't know what to title it, The Eternity of the Kingdom, and my wife came out with a better title. They're already, but they're not yet. They're already, but they're not yet. The kingdom of God is here, but not in its fullness. It's coming in its fullness one day. Hallelujah. They're ready, but not yet or the eternity of the kingdom. And because we have a number of new, new people that have joined the fellowship, some of the stuff I'm going to say, some of you have heard, which I'm going to ask you to be patient with me and forgive me for that. Um, but I feel like I need to just bring a broad outline of what the kingdom of God is, because it's central to everything we do. It really is. It's a foundation from which everything springs. 
Everything comes when we have some understanding of what the Bible talks about when it talks about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. Similar terminology. The kingdom of God was central, was central to all that Jesus did and preached. And there's some scriptures that are going to come up on the back with me just to quickly go through some of them. And I'm just trying to find them because I did print them out. I didn't write them, but I did print them out. It's central to all that Jesus began to preach. So in Matthew 4.23 we read, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. Matthew 9.35, Jesus went throughout all the towns and villages, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing the sick and every disease. It's amazing how those two go together. Luke 4.42, at daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns, because that is why I was sent. Luke 8.1, after this, Jesus traveled from town to town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. Acts 1, 8, Acts 1, chapter 3, sorry, 1, 3. When he died and resurrected, and now he's walking amongst his disciples, he revealed himself to them after 40 days. <coughs> Acts 1, 3 says, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days, and what did he speak about? The kingdom of God. It's very interesting. He didn't speak about church planting. Yet it's important. He didn't speak about good marriages, yet they're important, trust me. He didn't even speak about gifts, talents, anointings. He spoke about the kingdom of God. Because everything comes out of that. If I allow the kingdom of God to have sway in my life, it will improve my marriage. It will. Because I will defer my life to his rule and his reign which will help our marriage, trust me. I'm trying to get Michelle to do the same thing, but anyway. Now I'm teasing, just teasing. <laughs> so we can see in everything Jesus taught, he even taught parables. The kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is like that. Matthew 13 in particular is a number of parables. I can't remember, four or five. The kingdom of God is like this. Everything he did <clears throat> was pertaining to the kingdom of God. And even when he sent out the 12 and the 72, the scriptures will come up behind me. It says, when he sent them out, Matthew 10:8 says, this is the instructions he gave them. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely have you received, freely give, and then preach the kingdom of God. That's the instructions he gave them. That's what he told them to go and do. Luke 10, 8 and 9. When you enter a town and welcome, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. And even in the New Testament, as we see unfolding in the book of Acts and further on in Acts 8, 12. When they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. It was the Paul's, it was the central focus of his ministry, Acts 19, 8. Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. Acts 28, 23. 
<coughs> they arranged to meet Paul on a certain day, came in even larger numbers to the place where he was staying. He witnessed to them from morning till evening, explaining about the kingdom of God. That's what he did. And we see even Jesus instructed us how to pray. You all know that. It's not going to come up. Pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus instructed us, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. So we can see the release of the kingdom and our experience of the kingdom are clearly connected to our participation in the process. Because that's what he instructed us, and that's how he asked us to pray. The fact that we are told to pray for the kingdom to come and to seek the kingdom, being kingdom activity is not automatic. It requires our involvement. But the kingdom of God has come. Hallelujah. It really has. So, let's hear Jesus. When he came on the scene, let's have a look how he proclaimed this, uh, he, the first time he proclaimed it, the first time he said it, the first time he announced it. So let's go to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. In the book of Matthew, are you all still with me? I'm giving a lot of scripture, but I do want to ground this biblically. In the book of Matthew, the same scripture that I'm going to read in Mark chapter 1, verse 14, it says, from that time on, I think it's Matthew 4, 17. From that time on. And then it says what I'm about to read. But I'm going to read it from the Gospel of Mark. And if he's saying from that time on, means something had to take place before he could proclaim this. And it's interesting that Jesus was waiting. He waited for his father to tell him, now proclaim it. Yet he had been on the earth for nearly a year. And the order of things is very simple. If you just go look at his lifestyle, he had already turned water into wine. And he said to his mother, my time is not yet. But he did what his mom asked him to do. He had cleared the temple once. He had spoken to Nicodemus about being born again. And then the Bible says, and then John the Baptist. And then he had been baptized in water and baptized in the Holy Spirit. And when he came out, the Holy Spirit came upon him. And then he went and he proclaimed, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, release for freedom of captives to restore the sight of the blind. Then he says this. All that's taken place. Then he says this. Mark 1 verse 14. After John was put in prison. Now it's very interesting. Jesus waited for the ministry of John to come to an end before he proclaimed this. Very interesting that he waited and he waited and he waited. And when he heard that John was put in prison, he went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, the good news of God. He said, the time has come. He said, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. This is a profound scripture. Some of you heard profound scripture. Because Jesus is now announcing Publicly, he's declaring it not only to the people that can hear him, but he's declaring it into the eternities. He's declaring it into the spirit realm. I'm trying to think how to do this. He's declaring it into all eternity. And he's declaring something that has never happened before. And he's saying, the time has come. 
That word time is a moment of great significance. It's a critical, decisive moment in time. And he's saying that time has now come. That word means to complete, to fulfill, to accomplish, to perform fully. And he's saying that time has now come now. And what is it? That the kingdom of God is amongst you. The kingdom of God is at hand. He's saying from now on, everything I do, everything I preach, every miracle that happens is to demonstrate the kingdom of God is right here amongst you. It had never happened before in all eternity. Now the kingdom of God, heaven itself, is now going to invade this dominion. That's what he's saying. Profound. Everything changes now. That's why it's such a critical moment. And he had to wait to declare it. And he's saying, repent means to change the way you think. It's going to cause you to change the way you think. It's going to cause you to change your mind on certain things. And the believe is meant, and it's going to cause you to trust in me. It's going to cause you, going to pull you into emotion towards the kingdom of God that's coming, that's going to come into your life. So it's an incredible scripture. And so what is he actually saying? Jesus is saying, the Bible talks about two ages, this present, and it calls it an evil age, and the age to come. We live in the present evil age right now. And so Jesus is saying, the age to come is now penetrating this present evil age. That's what he's saying. This present evil age, which we still live in today, but now the kingdom has penetrated it. That's incredible. That's wonderful. That's why it's good news. It's great news. And you can see it in the scriptures that come up on the back. Galatians 1 talks about it. Galatians 4, 1. 1, 4. Sorry, I just want to... Galatians 4, 1 says, Who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age. Paul talked about it. According to the will of God. Ephesians 2, 1 talks about, As you were, so you were dead in your transgressions and sins. And I see I only gave them verse 1 instead of verse 2 as well. So I need to read verse 2. Verse 2, because that's the key. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world. That's this present evil age. When you followed the ways of this present evil age. And the ruler of the kingdom of the air. Who's the ruler of the kingdom of the air? The evil one. And so they acknowledge it. And then... Um, in Hebrews 6, 5, the scripture will come up. It talks about the age to come. It talks about who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age. In Mark 10, 29 and 30, it says, I tell you the truth, Jesus replied, not one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and for the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, fields, along with persecutions, because we live in a present year, and in the age to come. So this is incredible news. That's why it's such good news. Because the, the Lord is saying, you live under skies that are not friendly towards you. But now my Father, through me, 
is bringing the kingdom onto this earth. But it's not in its fullness yet. That's coming. It's not in its fullness yet. That's coming. When I come back, then the fullness is coming. But I want to give you something of what's coming. That's what he's saying. I want to demonstrate to you something of what's coming. That's great news, people. The kingdom of God is the presence, the rule, the reign of God breaking into this present evil age with power and authority. It is the action of God's rule asserting his power over the powers of darkness. It is very dynamic. It's not static. It's very fluid. It's very dynamic. It's very active. It is God invading our space by asserting his power over the works of darkness that are over us. We live with the works of darkness every day. The temptations, the sin in the world, the weakness of people, the hurt, the fears, the sickness, poverty, hunger. We can see the manifestation of Satan. The rule of Satan has this age under his control. This age being from the fall of Adam until the coming of Jesus, his second coming. Adam and Eve gave away their authority to Satan through their sin, and Satan hijacked the earth. That's what he did. Adam and Eve and their offspring became slaves and servants of the earth. When Jesus came to earth 2,000 years ago, he said, repent of your sin. The kingdom of God is now at hand. It's right here. It's right amongst you, he's saying. Good, good news. You no longer have to live under the skies that are above you. This is a dynamic hope on which we build the whole of our Christian lives. Death came as a result of sin. And the last enemy that's going to be destroyed will be death. The Bible talks about it. That's the last enemy. But one day it will be totally destroyed. The resurrection of Jesus was the beginning of the end. The beginning of the end of the enemy. That's what it was. So and every time we see the resurrection of Jesus and read about it, we know the end is in sight because the beginning of the end has just started. When total victory will totally be cons consummated one day. The kingdom of God is within our reach, but we know that it is not complete. That is why we have a continuous battle with evil, with temptation, with sickness. So the kingdom of God is present and has been fulfilled, but has not yet been consummated. In the coming of Jesus 2,000 years ago through the cross, the kingdom of God has already entered this age, but it has not yet been fully consummated in physical, tangible reality. It is here in spiritual dynamic. That's why we live by the Spirit. That's why we live by faith. When Jesus went around healing the sick, casting out demons, his own disciples said how wonderful it was, and they were looking forward to him overthrowing the Romans. But they were quite wrong in their thinking because Jesus was yet to overthrow the real enemy, Satan. And he constantly had to remind them of this. And there's a verse in Acts 8, I think it's Acts 8, 38, Acts 10, 38, which summarizes all this and says how Jesus of Nazareth, that's his humanity, 
was baptized with the Holy Spirit and power and went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil. That summarizes the whole of what I've been trying to say. And when we receive Jesus and we believe in him, we receive the king and the kingdom. And he begins a work in you and me and everything of darkness and everything that has the fingerprints of Satan on has to begin to let go. Because light has come and darkness has to go. That's the beauty, folk. And so the process has started. That's what Jesus said in Mark 9.1. You don't have him put these scriptures up. He said, I tell you the truth. Some of you will see the kingdom of God before you die. That's what he said in Mark 1, talking to the disciples. That you will experience the kingdom coming in your own life before you actually die here on earth. So it's a kingdom now, but it's also a kingdom to come. In Luke 17, 20, when people asked him, how do we, the Pharisees came to him about the kingdom and said, you know, how do we know about the kingdom? And Jesus said, you don't get it by careful observation or going here or going there or go to that conference to get it or go to that conference to get it or go over there because the kingdom of God is within you. Within you. That's what he was saying as we receive it. What does the kingdom of God consist of? Romans 14, 17, you know the scripture. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what eating and drinking, but of righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. So it's right living, it's right relationship this way and this way, which includes life and light. And it's joy and peace, which is not of this world. It's a joy that the Lord puts within your heart. It's a peace that the Lord puts within your heart that you can remain in a peaceful state despite living in a present evil age and all that's happening around us. The kingdom of God has come. Jesus said, if I cast out demons by the finger of God, the kingdom of God has come upon you. That's what he's saying. In John 18, 36, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. 1 Corinthians 4.20, the Bible says the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. Hallelujah. So through the finished work of Christ on the cross, we are promised freedom from the penalty of sin, the power of sin, the curse of the law, and the dominion of the evil one. That's what we are promised. So when Jesus announced in Mark 1.14, the kingdom of God is at hand, he was announcing and declaring his victory over death. That's what he was doing. So in 2 Timothy 1.10, this is a scripture. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has destroyed death and has brought life to immortality and light through the gospel. That word destroy does not mean to put away. It means to defeat, to break the power of, to put out of action. But one day it will be totally destroyed when he comes back. Amen. So he has annihilated death. But the complete annihilation of death will come when he comes back. That's what he's saying. So by his death and resurrection, Christ already destroyed death. He has broken its power. It's good news, folk. That's why we don't have to be afraid of death. I understand that it's not easy when a loved one dies. 
Don't get me wrong, and the Bible says we mourn with those that mourn. But death has been broken. There's a resurrection coming where we get a new body when he comes back. Hallelujah, that is good news. So death is still an enemy, but he's a defeated enemy. We are certain of the future victory because of the victory which has already been accomplished. So you have an assurance of what's coming because you've already tasted something now. When Jesus announced in Mark 1.14 the kingdom of God is at hand, he announced his victory over Satan. In Hebrews 2, verse 14 and 15, it'll come back up on the back. He said this, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in the humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. So Jesus has nullified the power of death. He has nullified the power of Satan. That's what he has done. Completely nullified. And the word destroy is the same word as used in 2 Timothy 1.10 that we saw earlier. Because 1 Peter 5 tells us the devil still roams around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. But he's a defeated enemy. He is a defeated enemy. You have to understand that, people. He is His dominion has been broken. His end is as sure as anything. His end is guaranteed. His end is coming, but he's a defeated foe. This is the declaration of Matthew or Mark 1.14. The kingdom of God is at hand. That we may be released from demonic fear and bondage and live in the glorious freedom of liberty. Here and now. When Jesus announced in Mark 1.14 the kingdom of God is hand, he also announced his victory over sin. He announced his victory over Satan. He announced his victory over death. And he announced his victory over sin. In Romans 6.6 6, it says this, and the scripture will come up on the back and I don't have it in my notes. And I don't want to misquote it. Romans 6.6 6 says this, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with. That word be done away with is the same word as used destroyed in the other two scriptures. Be done away with, that we should be no longer slaves to sin because anybody who has died has been freed from sin. So it's been done away with. It's been destroyed. Therefore we are no longer in bondage to sin. The day of slavery to sin is past. Sin is in the world, but its power is not the same born-again people. I use this analogy. It's the best analogy I can use. Sin is like gravity, if I can explain. Gravity is here, whether you believe it or not. Stand on a roof and jump, and you'll find out if gravity is real or not. And so it has pull on you, constant pull on you. But if I, so if I throw this bottle of water up, it comes down, only because of gravity. I'm not a scientist, but I do know that. But if I held a bird and I released the bird, it flies. But gravity is still here. You're like that bird when you're born again. Sin is still in the world, but it no longer has sway over you. Because you've been given a new nature. The old nature, the sinful nature has been crucified, put to death, and finished, over, none, gone finished, whatever word you want to use, nullified, I'm trying to think of the right words, 
may no longer are helpless before it, for its dominion has been broken. The power of the kingdom of God has invaded this age, a power which can set men free from this bondage to sin. The gospel of the kingdom is the announcement of what God has done and will do. It is victory over his enemies. It is the good news that Christ is coming again, destroy forever all his enemies. It is the gospel of hope. It is also the good news that God has already what he's already done. He's already broken the power of death, defeated Satan, and overthrown the rule of sin. The gospel is one of promise, but also one of experience. And our experience is grounded in that promise. So, there's three, three or four scriptures in the Bible. 2, Tim, 2 Corinthians 5, 5, 2 Corinthians 1, and Ephesians 1, 4, where it talks about we have a deposit guaranteeing what's to come. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit. I think they're coming up on there, yeah. Okay, you have a deposit, and you're given this, the Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing, guaranteeing what's to come. So, you have something of heaven inside you, but the fullness of it is still coming. So you have the already, but they're not yet. You have the coming age entered into your heart in this present evil age. That's why we are seated with Christ above every principality, power, and ruler. So we have it within us, but everything surrounds me is this present evil age. That's why there's still the battle. That's why I still get sick sometimes. That's why still sin wants to knock at my door. That's why the world still wants to crowd us and get us to weigh the thing once. But the, the Lord is saying, no, the kingdom has come, Ken. The kingdom has come. It's amongst you. It's right here. It's amongst you. And it's my rule. It's my reign. It's my dominion. It's my victory. It's my authority over the evil one, over sin and over death. And it's with you. But the fullness of it is still coming when I come back. So I'm going to give you something now. I'm going to put it inside you of what's coming then. I'm going to give you a taste right now, heaven in you, of the fullness of what's coming. Guaranteeing what's to come. An assurance of what's to come. So you've tasted of it. Taste and see that the Lord is good. It's like tasting the meal. Go in the kitchen. Oh, mmm, mmm. Oh, mmm, mmm. When are we going to eat? When are we going to eat? When are we going to eat? Because you taste it. And so there's a longing inside you for it. There's a longing inside you for the expansion of the kingdom in my life, in my relationships, with my wife, with my kids, in my business sphere of influence, where his righteousness, joy, and peace can begin to permeate, not only to my life, but to those around me. Because the fullness of it is coming. This is the declaration of Mark 1.14. The kingdom of God is at hand. He announced, he declared it. That's what he's saying. The kingdom of God is now at hand. It's now amongst you. It's now with you. I want to read, it'll come up on the back, a little extract out of a book by a man called George E. Ladd. It's called The Gospel and the Kingdom. It's this book over here. It's here somewhere. He wrote this in 1959. 1959. Come up at the back. It's a little extract. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the good news. The kingdom of God 
is God's redemptive reign. It is God's conquest through the person of Christ over his enemies, sin, Satan, and death. God's kingdom is manifested in several great acts. At the second coming of Christ, his kingdom will appear in power and glory. But this glorious kingdom of God, which will be manifested at Christ's return, has already entered into history. But without the outward glory. In other words, it hasn't impacted everywhere. The future has invaded the present. The kingdom of God, which is yet to come in power and in glory, has already come in secret and hidden, in a hidden form, to walk among men and within them. The power of God's kingdom, which is the age to come, will sweep away both evil and all its influence. And all its influence has come among men in the present evil age to deliver them from the power of sin, from the servitude to Satan, and from the bondage and fear of death. The life of God's kingdom, which will be realized in its fullness when Christ comes, when our very bodies will be redeemed. Hallelujah. Get a new back. That life of the future kingdom has entered into the present so that men may now be born again and enter into God's kingdom. The sphere of his reign, the realm of his blessings. The Holy Spirit one day will completely transform us so that we become like the Lord Jesus Christ in his glorified body. It has come to us before the arrival of the new age. Not the new age that we understand, the new age of the age to come to dwell within our hearts, to give us the life of the kingdom here and now, that we may enjoy fellowship with God. Tomorrow is yet today. The future has already begun. We have tasted the life, the powers, the blessings of the age to come. That's the kingdom of God. And it's within you and within me. And the entrance into that, Jesus spoke, you need to be born again. You need to be born again. You need to be born of spirit. You were born of flesh. Now you need to be born of spirit. For spirit gives birth to spirit and flesh gives birth to flesh. That's why it's so important to know that you're born again. Because when you're born again, you enter into the kingdom realm. You become part of the kingdom realm. Understanding begins to come to you of what he means by the kingdom realm. When you get born again. When you get born again, your old is gone and the new has come. When you get born again, you become a child of God with kingdom dominion living within you and the rule and God beginning to influence and live through you into your life and all around you. But we need to be born again. That's why I'm always on about make sure you know you're born again. Make sure, don't let somebody else tell you you're born again. You've got to know in your heart you're born again. Because Jesus said you'll only be, know the kingdom or enter into the kingdom when you're born again. That's why it's imperative. That was the great message that John Wesley preached because it was a revelation to them in their day. And he went around preaching what it means to be born again because he had served God for years, but he hadn't been born again. And then all of a sudden, he said, one day my heart became a flame and a love with the love and the light of God because he saw what happened through um, George Whitfield. And he got born again. It changed everything about him. He went and preached that message in the England church and they kicked him out. So he went to the streets and he began to declare it all over wherever he went at a profound impact. You have to be born again. You have to be born again.
The kingdom of God is at hand. We have the privilege, we have the pleasure of declaring it. We have the privilege of announcing the good news of the kingdom. We have the privilege of declaring the future has now come. The future is here. What you're going to experience in fullness is now amongst us. We have the pleasure of doing that. We have the pleasure of participating with the Lord to announce the kingdom, to declare the coming of the kingdom, to declare the kingdom now in people's lives and hearts, in your marriage, in your parenting. Let the kingdom come. And the way that happens is he invites you. He talks to you, invites you. And every time we obey to that small little invitation, we enter more fully into the kingdom realm. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We sang that song. It actually means where the spirit is Lord, there is freedom. That's what it actually means. Where the Spirit is Lord, there is freedom. We have an immense privilege, people. Immense privilege to allow the kingdom to have dominion and sway in my heart and my life. Because everything that God does is redemptive. Everything he does is good because he loves. It's never to harm. And so he'll destroy all the enemies that come against us in this present evil age. Sin, death, and the evil one. To say, let my life come in you. Let my rule, let my reign, let my joy, let my righteousness, let my peace invade your life. Let it take seat deep inside you. Let Christ become the umpire that is within you. Let that peace begin to decide the way you're going to go and the decisions you're going to make. Because it's from that place that you walk into the fullness of all that I have for you on this earth. Because the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is amongst you. The rule of God, the love of God, the grace of God, the power of God is here, right here. It's amongst you. It's right here. The age that you're going to experience in fullness one day is here now. Tomorrow is here today. That's what he's saying. That's good news. So when I was sick this week in bed, and it was tough, trust me, it's not pleasant being sick, who knows what I mean? I was thinking about some other stuff, and I'm saying, Lord, it doesn't matter. Sickness hasn't got a hold on me. You're victorious. You're victorious. You're victorious. My body's feeling sick right now, but I know you're victorious. You're victorious. So I want to end with a song. It's a song from 1983 by a man called Chuck Gerard. Don't worry about the expression of it. Listen to the words and the power of the words and the truth of the words and the privilege of what we get to say. You can join in if you want to or you can just sit and enjoy it. You can sit, you can stand. But it's a song I remember when I got saved. It was one of the first, one of the first songs or first, in the first month or so that somehow we got to hear. And I remember we used to play it again and again. And I found it again just recently. Just before I went to Canada, I found it again. It was like, oh, there's a song. And so I want us to play this song. And put the words up. Put some volume on it, please, Noah. Just come in. You want to know her? Turn it up.
Yeah, it's a great song, eh? It's a great song. Father, we thank you that the kingdom has come. Your rule, your reign has come into this present evil age.
We thank you that you have destroyed the work of the enemy. You have broken the power of death and sin. Lord, you invite us into this journey with you. You invite us to participate with you in letting your kingdom come within our lives and also into a sphere of influence. We thank you. Jesus, when you declared the kingdom of God is at hand, the kingdom of God is at hand, what glorious news this is, Lord. What glorious news this is, Lord. The dominion of the Almighty, the power and the majesty, the creativity of the Almighty is at hand. Thank you. And I thank you you've allowed that kingdom to come within our hearts, within our lives. And you've given us something guaranteeing what's to come. Thank you. You've put a deposit in us, Lord. You've said, yeah, taste and see that I am good. Knowing what's coming is even better, Lord. Thank you. We are grateful. We truly are. You will make your enemies your footstool, Lord. That's what your word says. Your enemies will become your footstool. And we stand and declare today that that is a fact. That is true. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is amongst us. And the kingdom of God is within us. We thank you. We bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Where is Tommy? Uh, Tommy, you do this to me every time. <laughs> thank you, Tommy. Thank you for joining us. No commentary needed on that. I'm just going to say amen. If you would like prayer for anything, there will be a ministry team here that would love to pray with you. Be blessed. Have a wonderful week. Good morning, Free Life Church, and happy Sunday. We are so glad you've joined us today. We would love to connect with you. Connection cards are a great way to let us know if you're new to us, any needs or comments you may have, or how we can connect with you. To submit a card, simply scan the QR code on the back of the seat or visit the Connect page on our website. If you're a first-time visitor, please stop by the Connection Corner in the lobby to receive your welcome bag. We look forward to meeting you. Today is the last day to register for Dinner for Eight. We hope you're able to participate with us in building relationships with the Free Life family. Sign up to share a meal with others. Groups of eight adults will be formed to take turns hosting potluck dinners for the group. Groups can be singles, couples, or families. Check out all the details on our registration page. Sign up today. Bon appetit. Calling all men. Come join other men this Friday, March 25th for a night of worshiping together. This will be a special night of encouragement in the Holy Spirit to take your place as strong men and leaders. Ladies, only a few more days to register for an evening of bowling at the branch on March 26th. Space is limited for bowlers and registration closes Tuesday, so sign up today if you plan to bowl. If bowling isn't your thing, no worries. Come for the fellowship, we'd love to see you there. Have you ever wondered what God could be saying through your dreams? 
We'll be hosting a Dreams and Visions seminar on Saturday, April 2nd. Come join us as we learn more about the mysterious way God speaks to us. Here at Free Life, we believe in kingdom giving, and we invite you to give toward the work God is doing through us. The easiest way to give is by scanning the QR code here with your mobile device. Checks or cash may be dropped in the connect box at the back of the sanctuary. We thank you for your partnership with us. Stay informed of upcoming events and important announcements by signing up for text updates in our newsletter. Simply text free life to 41400 to sign up. Remember to learn about all our upcoming events. Please see the events page on our website. Thanks for joining us today.